Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And now, without further ado, he has uh, had his entourage seated and ready. Here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hey, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know, the corn is getting chopped and this yep. time of year, and uh, I love seeing the... Uh, the corn silage uh, piles getting higher and higher, and reminds me of when I was growing up. I love the smell. I do too. I really yeah. love the smell of silage. Yeah, and I used to run the the packing tractor that packed the silage really? down in really? the in the silage pit. Yeah, really, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I'm an old corn corn grower. An old corn compactor. <laughs> compactor. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, and I did hear from the schnitzel fluster. Oh my goodness, I was going to ask you about yeah, the schnitzel and, fluster. And he is concerned about staying warm. This year over in Germany, yeah, because it's going to get colder. And now is he listening right now? Uh, I don't know if he listens here or on the podcast. I, I, see. I don't know, but anyway, good to hear from you, Snitchell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are on a first name oh, well, basis. Heck yes, okay. after all these years. All right. So today's Zeb, I'm gonna. The title of this now, this book is what I've used the last couple of weeks: The Outlaw Tales yep, of Idaho yep, uh, by Randy Staples. Yes, yeah, and this is. Uh, this one is titled The Storyteller. Oh. And you'll kind of see what I mean as I go along here. Okay. So two guys to keep in mind here. Henry McDonald and George Myers. Gotcha. Okay. Now, they knew each other from the hauling business. They didn't know each other real well. You mean the freight business? Yeah, okay. freighting. Okay. And based on what he did know, he thought that in Myers, he could see his own future. McDonald did. He had no notion that he's also seeing the end of his future. Uh-oh. So, and you'll see. Uh-huh. So McDonald uh, was kind of what they call a piecework piece work hauler in the Wood River Valley. Uh, and folks, if you don't know where that is, that's in south-central Idaho. You've heard of Sun Valley, Ketchum, Bellevue. That's right up in that area. Now, these stories are all supposedly true, right? Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. Right. Yeah. So he was hauling stuff up in that Wood River Valley, carrying supplies from one town to another in the still booming mining district, because, you know, there was a lot of mines oh, up in that yeah. area. Yeah. And he's usually accompanied by his dog. I guess that was the only buddy that would hang with him. He occasionally veered south out of that valley over some low hills and into the Snake River Plain. So that would be just down here, not very far from us, Zeb, along the Snake River by Twin Falls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, there he would bump into an older and better used trail between Boise and the Salt Lake area. So that would be in the Kelton Road, you know, that went between Kelton and uh, I mean, from Salt Lake to Kelton to Boise. I see. That was, and really, whereabouts uh, is that here? Well, it's really pretty much follows the Oregon Trail. Ah, the Kelton so Road. basically, almost like the interstate. Yeah, it is about where the interstate goes. Yeah, but haulers took that road often as the best way to get from one set of settlements to the other. So McDonald had some ambition. 
and I use that term loosely. Okay. He wanted to buy an outfit. You know, he wanted his own horses, his own wagon, uh, the equipment he would need to haul longer distances. He wanted to run his own business. He'd had it with being what he called a wage slave. He didn't like working for other people. I see. So he put out the word on the road when he ran into other haulers that he was interested in buying, though he was uh, unclear how much money he had to spend. And that gives you an idea of where we're headed. Uh-huh. After a few months, a reply came back. George Myers, the guy I mentioned in the beginning, a veteran of the trade, was looking to cash out. Well, you know, communication was slow back then, but the word went out. McDonald wanted to buy Myers' uh, outfit, and Myers was willing to sell. So it looked like it could be a good arrangement, right? The two arranged. You say that with some reservation. Oh, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> the two arranged to meet at a spot called Soul's Rest on the Boise Salt Lake Trail. Now, I don't know where that is. I've never heard of that one. I haven't either. McDonald joined Myers on his run. Hired on to begin with as an employee at first, with the idea of taking over before long, and he brought his dog along for the ride. What was the dog's name? Don't know. Oh, we, I, could, I should have made one up. Odd name for a dog. Don't yeah. know. Uh, the two of them headed west through the desert south of Haley. It was not an especially difficult journey, but in the days ahead, they got no rest. So it, it was hard. Myers, uh, so get this picture, he was a cranky old man, mm-hmm. a heavy drinker, mm-hmm. and he was drinking on this trip. Mm-hmm. He was really good at his business, but not especially a likable fellow, not somebody you'd want to invite over for dinner. Okay, you've kind of so, been, Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, kind of, yeah. uh, only rougher, I would yeah. think. Okay. So McDonald was unfamiliar with the realities of business, especially of buying or selling one. Now, we don't know exactly for how much Myers was willing to sell his established operation with an established clientele. So he had a business with people he was doing business with. In freight hauling. Right. right. Uh, to the different uh, towns, the right. mining towns. Right. But they figured that it was around, worth around maybe two to 3000 and maybe more. It seems like a likely figure. So, would that be thirty, forty, fifty thousand today? Oh, easy, something like that, or more. Yeah, easy. Well, McDonald had nowhere near that kind of money. He had a little more than pocket change. He was hoping he could pay Myers over time. The negotiations fell apart quickly, and that set the tone for their relationship. Uh oh. The arguments were only the beginning. I see. They started battling back and forth. Now they're on the same wagon right. traveling, right? Yeah, they're oh. hauling freight right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, they argued about everything, and when in early September a group of freighters passed them, they overheard Myers and McDonald yelling at each other about McDonald's dog, which kept falling out of the wagon. <laughs> the dog drank too? <laughs> the dog kept falling out of the wagon. I don't know how smart the dog was. Hey, Rover! Yeah. Myers threatened to shoot the dog, uh, McDonald would recall later. Now, here's where things get a little bit fuzzy. 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 The exact circumstances of Myers' death were never made clear. He and McDonald probably came to blows, and Myers fell to the ground and was run over by the wagon, either accidentally or on purpose. That much would at least be consistent with the facts police eventually unearthed that Uh they found out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now you know Myers got, he was dead. How did they know? I mean, oh. what happened that the general public and the police found okay, out? Well, I think we'll get to that. Oh. Could, because it was a mystery for a while. Because there was no body. Inquiring minds. Yes. Yeah. The truth had been buried in the web of lies that McDonald began telling as soon as he encountered the next person on the road that uh, was traveling. And as soon as he got to town, the lies just kept getting more and more from McDonald. Yeah. So nobody knew what he was saying. So they did know Henry McDonald did not own his own outfit. His desire to become an independent businessman was what led him to the gallows and resulted in the only legal execution in Idaho's most rugged area. No kidding. So, you know, there were hangings uh, at different times, but this is uh, what resulted in a legal execution. So... We do not know much about McDonald's early life. He never did, uh, never had much to say about his early years. Uh, not that we would believe him anyway, uh, no matter what. So he was a well-known liar, basically. As of 1880, when he was driving teams between Kelton, Utah, and the Idaho mines in the Wood River Valley and in the Silver City area, he said that he had a wife and two children. So that's really the only thing we know that maybe could have been true. All right. Where were they? Don't know. I don't know. But one day in September, uh, McDonald showed up in Boise with a load and the outfit pulling through the place on his way to Silver City. Now, other freighters were familiar with everyone's horses and wagons. And, you know, you would know just like, you know, we would know who who's driving a certain pickup or truck around this area. So there were distinctive identifiers and noticed that while Meyer's outfit was pulling into town, someone else was driving it and Meyer's was nowhere to be around. McDonald was driving Meyer's outfit. And they knew. And they knew that that was Meyer's outfit. McDonald stopped only briefly in Boise. He had a load bound for the Silver City Mining District. But the questions and the concerns were enough to prompt the Ada County Sheriff, Joe Oldham, to mount up, ride out of town, catch up with him on the route. So somewhere out on the desert flats near the town of Mayfield. Where is that? I don't know. I, it must have been just a little spot. Like a general store type thing. Probably, yeah. So he stopped McDonald and began to ask him questions. And the sheriff said, these are Myers' wagons and horses, the sheriff said. And he said, where's Myers? Well, McDonald said they weren't Myers anymore, that he had sold him the outfit for $600 down, which he had paid, and $800 in regular payments to be paid later. After they had concluded their business out on the trail, he said Myers had taken off. And the sheriff said, well, where did Myers go? Mm-hmm. You know, a normal question. Absolutely. I would have said sure. that. So here's what McDonald said. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> there had been a horse Myers had lost. Someone we passed told him he had heard it was spotted somewhere in Oregon. And then Myers rode off to try to find his horse. In Oregon. In Oregon. 
A lost you know, horse. A lost horse uh-huh. in Oregon. Yeah. And, you know, Oregon is really small, so it'd be easy to find a horse, oh, right? absolutely. You know, so that's very believable, right? Yeah. Start at uh, Ontario and just work your way to Portland. <laughs> that's right. So the sheriff found none of this very convincing. McDonald had admitting wanting Meyer's outfit, and he didn't look, uh, it didn't look to Sheriff Oldham like the, uh, uh, the sort to be able to uh, buy it outright or even with $600 down. The sheriff was kind of on to him. He didn't even seem the type who was able to put that much money together in one place at one time. So figuring McDonald was a liar, Sheriff Oldham hauled him back to Boise and jailed him at the courthouse while he kind of pondered a search for the body. McDonald insisted that that wasn't necessary. He says, I'll be proven innocent. You'll see the evidence before uh, the parrot split up. He said Myers had posted a letter to the Boise area that would prove McDonald's innocence. Okay, here's another lie in the making. Uh-huh. All right. So Sheriff Oldham held him behind bars. Then several weeks later, a guy named Morlett, a freighter on the road to Idaho City, dropped by the sheriff's office with a letter bearing the signature of George Myers, dated in October, which was quite a while after McDonald had been jailed. And it said, quote, in this letter, uh, supposedly by Myers, I have sold, uh, I have sold my team to Henry McDonald and have got track of that horse of mine and am going to find him. That's what the letter said. Now, it sounded just like the letter that McDonald had told the sheriff to expect, but maybe a little too much. Like, uh, like it, So there was just one problem. Morlet, the freighter with the letter, had done business with Myers. He knew his signature, and this wasn't it. Uh-oh. It was a, for, a forged signature, a forged letter. Oh, my goodness. So, things so if not he'd have li- written like you do, they'd have never figured it out. They'd have never out. figured that out. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, uh, McDonald said that Myers, here go more lies. You're okay. getting me confused. <laughs> my, here, McDonald kept going. That, yeah. and I think he was trying to confuse the sheriff. Okay. He said Myers must have been held up by robbers on the road. Uh, you know, the trails were dangerous places after all. So, uh, probably Myers got killed. Okay. Oh. Trying to, you know. Anyway, McDonald's comments probably did spark a new line of inquiry among uh, the people at stage tops and out on the road. Sheriff Oldham and territorial officials sent out inquiries inquiries and got some response. They found a group of freighters who remember seeing Myers and McDonald together in early September and not getting along well. Apparently, they had been arguing about McDonald's dog. Who kept falling out that of the poor wagon? Dog. That Nobody poor dog. Nobody likes a dog. At another stop, one of them heard a news story from McDonald, who was traveling alone now. Uh, now he's alone, according to this story. The dog's gone too. Don't know where the dog is. Dog gone. <laughs> dog gone. According to this story, their arguments had gotten worse. Myers had reached for a gun, but slipped under a wagon wheel and was badly injured with bones broken. McDonald said he was trying to fix his wounds when three other riders, apparently immigrants from a European country, appeared and said they would take care of Myers. So McDonald rode off with the outfit. This is quite a storyteller. Yeah. Well, Sheriff Oldham was frustrated. The case was far from airtight, and they knew it. Uh, McDonald was obviously a liar, but they had no body, no solid evidence, only possibilities. 
Now, here's where things get a little better. Okay, you've only got seven minutes. I know. I know we're about done. <laughs> a man named Lewis was traveling near what is now Glens Ferry. Ah. And that's a town we know between here and Boise. Sure. He noticed clothes, boots, and rope off the trail. Looking a little more closely, he found bones. There was no certain identification, but it all fit the description of George Myers. So how did he get there, Zeb? Well, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Did he get run over? <laughs> did McDonald shoot him? Yeah. Did, did, was he high, uh, killed by robbers on the trail? Inquiring minds want to know. We want to know. So the sheriff didn't fall for any of this. By the time of his trial in the spring of 1881, McDonald had said that Myers had lit out for Oregon, that he'd been killed by robbers, that he'd been injured on the road and hauled off by travelers. So, again, he's mixing up his stories here. Well, the jury concluded that uh, McDonald was lying again and was sentenced to hang. I see. Now, McDonald was escorted in a wagon from his... He was, the jail was actually, at that time, a cave in the side of the hill. Up in Boise? Somewhere up in that area, yeah. yeah. Um, so, they took him to the nearby mining town of Ruby City, and uh, the day was kind of overcast. It was raining. Uh, hundreds of people showed up to watch, because, you know, back then, a hanging was a, a big popular oh, event. yeah. You know, people had come yeah. around, because there wasn't a lot of excitement, but a hanging was... So McDonald had been big news across Idaho for months. The man who had told so many stories that didn't pan out, however, did get it right in his last reported statement. Uh, as I said, people are coming from all around. And so seeing some people hurrying along beside the wagon, carrying him to the gallows, McDonald is said to have remarked, quote, take your time. There won't be much going on before I get there. There you go. <laughs> Well, he had a sense of humor. He did, you know. You know, you don't need to hurry because uh, nothing's going to happen until I get there. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's the story of a guy who told a lot of stories, none of which were true. And to this day, we don't really know absolutely for sure, but I'm pretty sure McDonald had to have had a hand in in his death. You know, don't you think, think? think about this, though. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about when you were mentioning this, uh, the who is the guy that found the coat and the boots? A guy named Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you, if you put somebody to their demise, as supposedly he did to this mire, uh, make sure the body's really well hid and not uh, near a trafficked road? Well, I would think so. And, you know, it doesn't, uh, and Lewis was a teamster. Um, yeah. So he had to be traveling pretty close to the same route. Yeah, I mean, that if everybody you can look else off did. the road and see boots and hats and everything, yeah. Uh, somebody and, and there again, wouldn't you have a shovel? Well, you would think. You know, I mean, you're a teamster. You got yeah. all this freight. I mean, a, sho- a shovel. Holy uh, cow! Why didn't he at least bury the guy? Yeah. You know, and maybe he did. Well, no, I don't think so. But he met his demise at the end of a some rope. rope. Yeah. There you go. So that's the story of an outlaw from Idaho. Yeah, and those are good stories. They are. He did a good job. Really good stories. Uh, Yeah, I recommend this book, folks, Outlaw Tales of Idaho, second edition. What are we going to do next week? Oh, I've got a good one for you next week. What is? Oh, you're prepared for next week. But I'm not going to tell you. Oh, just give me a clue. No, I'm not. Just a teaser. You will never guess what I'm going to talk about next week, having to do with cowboys and livestock. 
I don't have a clue. I know. <laughs> so I, we'll just keep you in suspense. I'm excited. Until next week. I mean, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I'm, I'm already airborne. <laughs> airborne. <laughs> With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 